Alrighty. Put together a little something here. Here a while back I did uh, a short sermon on this. But, uh, you know, as I as they played this uh, song tonight, I won't worry anymore. I thought about Enoch. I'm going to do a short sermon on Enoch tonight. But, you know, Enoch is a man that never saw death. God just simply took him home. That he had a relationship, he had a walk with God, and when God, when the time came, God just said, come on home with me, Enoch. And Enoch never saw death. Another man that never saw death was Elijah. He never saw death. God took him home. He said that God took him home in a chariot of fire. He was such a good servant to God obedient and did the things that God wanted him to do. And uh, so that was the two that uh, never saw death. God just simply took them home. And you know, I, you know, that would probably be a great way to go. Just simply, God says, come on, and you're gone, and you're home. Uh, I've entitled this, Swept Away Into Heaven. And that's exactly about what happened. They were swept away. And I'm going I'm to read a scripture here. Uh, Genesis chapter 5, verse 23 through 24. It says, And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. 365 years old. 365 years he walked with God and one day God took him home. Enoch had a special relationship with God. Matter of fact, I mean, I, I just wonder what better thing could, you, could be said of you than you walked with God and you and God were very close. Scripture tells us that Enoch's walk with God was so close and so real that one day God just swept him away into heaven and Enoch never saw death. Like I said, you know, I don't know how that would feel. I mean, have you ever thought about that? All of a sudden, it's just like, I, I think it'd just be like a blink of the eye and all of a sudden, that's what's going to happen in the rapture. The blink of an eye, in the twinkling of an eye, it will happen. And a twinkling of the eye is nothing but a blink. And a lot of people think, boy, this is going to be a drawn out thing. No, it's going to be so fast and so quick. We'll be in heaven and just bam. That's it. <clears throat> you know, I read, I read this little story here, and, and I love it. It's, a, it's about an old preacher that once described this event of Enoch going home and the way that he thinks it happened. I like what he says. And there's nothing, it lines up with everything. But, you know, it said, and this old preacher was talking, he said, at the close of each day, Enoch and God would take a walk together. And one day they got so caught up in their conversation that they walked a long way. And then the Lord turned to Enoch and he said, My friend, 
it seems like tonight we've walked a lot we walked a long way and we're closer to my home than we are to yours so why don't you just come and stay with me you know Enoch was suddenly swept into heaven without a doubt Enoch's walk with God must have been something very special what does that ever something like that I got as I was doing I got to thinking what would it be like to have this type of relationship with God you know Adam had that relationship it said in the cool of the evening God would come down and walk with him and Eve through the garden they'd talk they'd visit and then of course Adam messed up Run it for the world. Run, run, run it for men. But at one time, he was very close to God. You know, think about something that, that even though Enoch had no Bible to read, he had no Bible to read, but he knew more of, about many of, the, of God's mysteries than, than most of the prophets in the Old Testament. The book of Jude tells us that Enoch knew about the second coming of Christ and the end of the world. In Jude chapter 1, verse 14 through 15, listen to what he says. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesies these things, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all. This is talking about the second coming of Christ coming back. See, he even knew about the second coming of Christ. He knew about Christ. Can you imagine some of the conversations him and God must have had to know all this stuff? There was no Bible. and to convince all the ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all the hard words which ungodly sinners have spoken against God. This is the judgment. This is the end. And yet, Enoch knew about it. He knew that there was going to be an end of the world. How do you suppose that Enoch learned all these truths? That he knew all this stuff. I think when him and God, I'm pretty sure when him and God were walking, God told him about it. He listened to what God was saying. I think that there in itself is something that we ought to take a heed of. Listen to what God is saying. Everything that God is saying is truth. The Bible tells us, for God is a God that cannot lie. God can, God can only tell us the truth. Why can't God lie? Because God, because lying, according to the Bible, is a sin. And God can't sin. So God can't lie. So whatever God tells us in his word, you can know and not doubt that it is the very truth. That what he has said will happen, is happening, 
or will come to pass to happen. And uh, a part of Enoch's walk with God involved his willingness to listen. Can you imagine all the interesting things that God probably told Enoch as they was walking? That had to be a time of Enoch's life. Probably one of the most exciting times in Enoch's life was when he was walking with God. And some of the things that God told him about, convinced him of, it's only a, it just, it, I don't know, it, it boggles my mind as what God might have told him. That, that's not even, that we don't even know. You know, part of Enoch's walk involved his willingness to listen as God spoke. We have to have a willingness to listen to God's Word and what God is saying. Matter of fact, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 11, God tells us this. Listen to what God says here. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. He said, if you have an ear, listen to what the Spirit is saying. And I've wondered something. You know, and I don't have the answer. I don't know. But it says that man could not look upon the face of God and live. Enoch did. Was Enoch walking with God flesh to flesh, or was he spirit to spirit? It says for us to worship God, we must worship Him in spirit. In spirit and in truth. Because God is spirit. God is a spirit. And to worship God, we have to get in that spirit. Let that Holy Spirit in us take over and guide us to what God is saying so we can understand. And so I kind of think maybe that might have been what it was with Enoch. That Enoch was listening in his spirit. He was walking with the spirit and he was listening in his spirit. And as God talked to him, told him things. And those things remained in Enoch's spirit. That Enoch held on to so deeply. God speaks to us, but do we hear? Do we hear? God is speaking constantly through his word in the Bible. God still speaks to us today through the Spirit. Elijah, I told y'all he was another one that God called home. Elijah had a spirit, or had, excuse me, an experience with God. Elijah was another one that God swept away into heaven without ever seeing death. He was a very faithful servant to God. He was one of God's prophets, one of God's servants. And things got really hard down here on earth because God, uh, Elijah was so obedient to God there was many people that wanted to kill Elijah because of his faithfulness to God. And some of the things that he did that God instructed him to do. But he was faithful to God. He walked with God. He believed God when God spoke. Elijah had his moments. He became weary. He became tired. 
Sometimes he got tired, I guess, of running from Jezebel. That was trying to kill him. I'm going to read you a scripture here that where God is going to speak to Elijah and how he speaks to Elijah. And I think maybe that may be how God sometimes speaks to us. He, Elijah had to listen. He had to pay attention. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 through 13, this is God speaking to Elijah. And God said, Go forth, talking to Elijah, Go forth and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. A great strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake came. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. He didn't speak in through the earthquake. Verse 12, it says, And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there came a still, small voice. After all the other stuff, all of a sudden, there came a very still, small, quiet voice. And it was so. When Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle. He took his cloak, put it over his head. And there's a reason for that. I'll tell you what it was here in just a second. And went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. He knew that God had spoken to him. He thought God was right outside the cave. He covered his face. He covered his eyes. So if God was there, he would not look upon God. Because Elijah knew that if a man looked upon God, a man could not live. So he already covered his face and his eyes. So if God was standing there, that he would not look upon him. He would hear him, but he would not look upon him. Elijah had such faith. He was honoring what God said. He said, for man cannot look upon me and leave. You know, in the cave, Moses, he put he had Moses in there. Moses said, God, if we're friends, let me see you. And God told Moses, Moses, man cannot look upon my face and live. What did God do? God took Moses and set him in the cliff, in the cleft of the, of the mountain. And then as God passed by Moses, God took his hand and put it over Moses' eyes. And he passed by. And Moses saw the backside of God. He didn't see his face. Moses saw the backside of God. Moses had many conversations with God. But Moses was not one man that made it to heaven without dying. No. God himself took Moses' life and God himself buried Moses that no man knew where Moses was buried. Why did God bury Moses like that? 
Why didn't he want men to know where Moses was buried? Moses was so powerful among the Hebrew children and the people. They would have hauled Moses around forever, his bones, worshiping that instead of God. They didn't know where Moses was, though. And as they crossed into the promised land, God put Joshua ahead of the Israelite people to lead them. Joshua didn't want it. He said, and God told him, he said, Moses, if you will honor me the way, and he said, Joshua, if you will honor me the way that Moses did, I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will walk with you. I'll guide you. I'll instruct you. I will be with you if you will walk with me as Moses walked with me. That ought, to, that ought to encourage us right there to walk with God with such integrity and in such a way that God knows and feels our love, our worship. That God's hand will be on us and he'll guide us into what he wants us to do. But Elijah said he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. When he walked out and stood, he said, Behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What do you hear, Elijah? Do you hear my voice? Elijah heard it. See, God was showing him that he didn't what he didn't he didn't speak from to the uh, from the earthquake or the storm. God spoke to Elijah in a still small voice. Just as Elijah, we have to be willing to listen. When you've prayed to God and asked him things, how many of you have set them? without rushing off and give God a chance to talk to you, to listen to him. God's got some things he wants to say, and it may be that still, small voice. You may be listening, but you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to pay attention to what God is saying. We have to be willing to listen. And maybe, and I like what, I saw this and I wrote it down. He said, it looks like that Elijah heard God speak through the ears of his heart and not the ears on his head. He heard God in his heart. Not these ears, but the ears of his heart. And they went in to Elijah. You know, Elijah heard a voice that was silent but very clear and distinct. Sometimes God speaks, but it's so quiet and so silent. But yet, if we will listen, God will make us understand. We'll hear it. I only one time, and I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm not going to go into it, but one time, I honestly feel like I heard God speak audibly. It scared me to death. 
I've told y'all about this story. I used to smoke cigarettes. I had prayed that God would deliver me from those cigarettes. But I, I had accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I got to thinking, okay, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And now the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of me. He cannot enjoy all this smoke coming in there where he's at. That hit me. And I asked the Lord. Very simple prayer. Lord, deliver me from these cigarettes. Take them away. That was it. That's my prayer. But I meant it. I was sincere. About two or three days later, I was driving down 30 going toward Dallas. Nothing had happened, and I just got through smoking a cigarette. And bam, out of nowhere, I heard something that scared me to death. It said, do not smoke anymore. I mean, it was just, I turned and I looked at the passenger side. It was so clear and so distinct. I heard those words. And when I got to where I was going, there was a dumpster there. As I walked by that dumpster, I reached into my pocket. I took cigarettes, lighter, throwed them in that dumpster. And I feel like me being obedient to God, from that point on, I never wanted a cigarette. I had no withdrawals. I, I tried to quit before, couldn't. But this time, when I heard God speak, I knew it was God. I mean, I can't... I can't prove it was God, but I know what I feel. And that's the only thing that makes any difference is what I felt and my obedience to what God said. And I throw those cigarettes away, and from that point on, I never wanted a cigarette. You can ask Linda, I was probably one of the worst person there was about a cigarette. I couldn't stand the smell of them. I didn't want to be around them. And for many years, I smoked. But when God said, do not smoke, it went through me. I knew that was God. I heard it. And I obeyed it. I think that's one of the worst, I think that's one of the only things we can do is when God tells you something, is be obedient. Show him you mean what you are asking. I heard it with my ears, or the ears of my heart. I mean, to me it sounded audible, if that had been somebody else in there with me, they may not have heard a word. Probably wouldn't have. Because that was meant for me. Many times God has something to say and it's only meant for you. You're the one to hear it. You're the one to obey it. You're the one to be obedient. To do what God has called you to do. You're the only one he's talking to. That's why you're the only one that can hear it. He's talking to Elijah. Why just Elijah? You know, Elijah was the only one that needed to hear God and be obedient. Elijah heard a voice that was silent but very clear. And it was distinct to him. He knew that it was God. In addition to Enoch listening to God, Enoch was also willing to ask God questions. How many of us truly ask God a question? 
Are you scared to ask God a question? God don't mind you asking him a question. He might not give you an answer right then and there, but he don't mind you asking him a question. He knows we, we, we want to know things. And many times, the question you ask God, he will tell you. Maybe not right at that moment. It might be a day or two. It might be a week. But something will come up that will answer the question that you ask God. God's answering your question. He knows we need to know things. You know, the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, Be anxious for, for nothing, or don't worry about anything, but in everything, listen, by prayer and supplication. What is supplication? Being very specific in what you want. You know, many people pray, and it's a good prayer, but Lord, let your will be done. But when you ask God very specifically something, many does it, you know that God heard your prayer. He answered your prayer. Many times, let your will be done, and, so, and maybe what we asked God didn't take place. But you said that you maybe that wasn't his will in there, but you didn't know that. But when you ask God very specifically for something, and he answers you, you know without a doubt that was God. That was God. Is it but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. How many of you when you pray start thanking God for what you're about to receive before you ever get it? You're showing faith. You're showing God, God, I'm, I'm, I've asked you this, and I believe you heard me, and I know, and I believe you're going to do it. And I'm thanking you right now for what you're fixing to do. That pleases God, because you're showing him, God, I've got faith in you. I know I've asked you this, and I know you're going to do it. He says, let your request be known to God. He says, tell me what you want. How many of us truly just tell God what we want? It says, <clears throat> Let your request be known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I know I think every one of you out here at one time have probably felt the peace of God come over you. Something that was bothering you, something you was worried about, maybe your family, a sickness, or this, or that. But when God touched you, it's okay. You knew that God heard you. You knew it was going to be all right. And that's when you should have started thanking God. God, I give you praise. I give you thanks that you have touched my family, my loved one. God, I'm thanking you now because I know that you heard my prayer. And the Bible also tells us, I'm just about through here. So the Bible also tells us, and I love this, I've used it a lot, but it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding, but in all ways acknowledge God. 
and he will direct your paths. He'll show you what to do. He'll show you which way to go. When you recognize him and acknowledge him, that's when he is answering your prayers. That's when he hears you. Scripture doesn't give us a whole lot of detail about Enoch's walk. But I believe that we can be sure that that walk involved both Enoch listening to God and asking God questions. By his closeness and his faith in God, Enoch and God became very close friends. And God said, Enoch, I'm going to take you home. You're not going to see death, but we're going directly into heaven to my house where I have your mansion already built. Come home with me. You're going to leave this vile earth and have a peace that you've never understood. Can you imagine the peace of heaven? The peace living with God? A place where there's no sin? place where there's no death, no sickness, no hate, but just love of God surrounding you. That's what Enoch experienced. But we have to walk with God, obey God, believe in God, trust God for these things to happen in our lives. We have to have the faith of Enoch to walk with God, not doubting God, but believing God. If you've got that kind of faith, you've got eternal life. You've got a home in heaven. God wants you there. And God says, I made the way for you to have eternal life through my Son, Jesus Christ. So trust in God. Listen for him to talk back to you. Listen for him to speak to you, to tell you what he is asking you. And see what and just check it out and see if he won't speak with you. It might not be immediately, it might be a day or two. But he will hear you and he will answer you. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this message of Enoch and his trust and his love in you. It's just simply showing us what we must do to have that kind of a relationship with you to believe in you, to love you, to trust you, and to not doubt you. But, Lord, when we come to you, to believe, Lord, that you're going to do what you said you did. So, Lord, I'm just asking you to bless each person here tonight. We've got people here that need a touch from you. And, Lord, I'm asking you to touch them in a very special way. And when you touch them, just let them feel that hand. That love, Lord, just surround them and go through them how much you love them, and that your healing in their body is taking place. Lord, we thank you for all you do, for what you have done, and for what you're going to do. So, Lord, we thank you, and we give you praise that you are our God and our Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat>